How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker. I am a peak bagger. I am a hiking nerd like you would not believe. And every single week on this podcast, I chat with other thru-hikers, other peak baggers, and other hiking nerds like you would not believe about their experiences on the trail. This week's guest is Brandon Sofer. His trail name is Phoenix. And we met each other on the PCT this year. And we actually ended up hiking as you're going to find out, a good chunk of the PCT together. Other than Flossie, I hiked with Brandon more than I hiked with anybody else this year. And so I'm very excited to have him on the show. He was one of the first people I wanted to have on when I brought the show back. And we did it. We talk about all sorts of different things from our experience on the PCT. We tell so many stories. It was just so much fun. And so, Brandon, when you hear this, thank you once again for coming on the show Guys, we're going to get into the episode in just a second. Real quick, please go check out my Instagram at KyleHatesHiking and leave a five-star review. Is it too early for me to say that? I feel like I need to I need to earn that, but hey, here I am. Please leave a five-star review for the show if you like the show. If you're stoked that it's back and you appreciate this, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcast app is. Please go do that. All right. Let's get into it. Episode number 125 of Trail Tales with Brandon Sofer. All right, here we go. Episode number 125 of Trail Tales. I am here with uh, I'm here with Brandon Sofer, otherwise known as Phoenix when he was on the PCT. For, for those of you that didn't watch the videos, um, Brandon and I will tell the whole story of how we met and stuff, but like we hiked most of the our PCT adventure together, I would say. Would you say? I mean, I, I don't know the exact mileage, but it was the vast majority of it. I would say that you were like one of three three or four friends on the trail. You and, <laughs> you and Flossie were like the main two people I hiked with. Yeah, for sure. And so we spent a lot of time together this summer. We did a lot of miles together, went through a lot of uh, hardships and a lot of great times as well. And so, Brandon, I appreciate you coming on here. I'm assuming this is probably the first podcast you've ever done. It is. Cool. It is. And no, I, I really do appreciate it. And for everybody listening, why don't you start by just kind of introducing yourself and then maybe talking a little bit about why you hiked or or attempted to hike the PCT. We, we hiked it. We're gonna we we're gonna have it. to get into that too. Actually, I meant to tell you that before we uh, before we started recording here. We'll talk about all this stuff, folks. But yeah, just introduction: who you are, why you why you hiked the PCT, all this stuff. Yeah, my name is Brandon Sofer. I'm from Houston, Texas, and I live in Dallas, Texas, right now. I the PCT. I think I just am drawn to adventures, doing kind of out of the box stuff. I've lived in a few different countries and the idea of, of testing myself against a multiple day, multiple month hike and doing, I mean, I'd never done anything like that before, but <clears throat> getting, getting out there and seeing if I could survive the elements and also just to see parts of, of California, part of the, part of the U S that I hadn't seen before. That was the real reason getting me out there. There was some, there's some faith aspects too. I, I think being out in nature is where I experience, where I feel closest to God and just getting away from technology, from 
society a little bit. There's a little of that, but man, just the challenge to see what, see what happened. Yeah, man. Um, do you remember when we first met each other? It was very early on in the trail. It was at Mount Laguna, which I want to say is like, what only like, do you remember it's like 40 miles in or something like that? <laughs> it's, it's like, oh yeah. I remember that very well because I was, <laughs> I was sidelined for three days and I was basically just tail between my legs, ice in my knees at the ranger station or whatever. Okay, that little let's back up was. actually. I should have asked yeah. you this question. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. So we met on, we met in Mount Laguna, but yeah. So like you just said, when we first met, you were in rough shape. And a second ago, you had mentioned that you had never done anything like this before and from my understanding is you, you you had never even backpacked before right no not not like camping backpacked i'd backpacked like in hostels like in europe okay and stuff, our, our kind of our kind of backpacking no, no, no. you know like will I, I call it wilderness backpacking which some people think is kind of cringe but it is true because like sometimes because like backpacking obviously is like a term that people use in like you know, traveling around various countries and stuff. So, yeah, yes. you would never like you know through hike. Experienced wilderness backpacker. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and so yeah. take me through those that that first little stint on the trail. So before we met each other, and I guess into when we met each other, because um, it did not start out very well for you. This is a very common thing. Tons of people experience this, especially um, beginner through hikers, their first time ever doing something like this. Um, what, what happened those first couple days there, that first day, whatever it was. Yeah, man, the, the first, well, number one, I, I feel like I, I listened, I didn't over-prepare, I probably under-prepared, but I like, I watched some, some videos and the number one thing I kept hearing and reading about was not to, to push yourself in the first couple of days, maybe yes, even the first so couple true. of weeks. That's why I said that so many people have this story. Anyways, I'm cutting you off. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. So I. I mean, I, I was only planning on going down to, I forget the name, Haas Creek maybe or Hauser Creek or. I don't yeah, remember. It, it I remember like, where you're talking about though. It was like 15 miles in, and I was like, surely, I can do 15 miles. I have all day. Number one, I started at 11 o'clock. Really wasn't thinking about the heat. I was carrying four. I look back on how, what I, my whole plan from the get go. I was carrying four things of water, four liters of water, like the entire time. Which I know actually is fairly normal for, for you and Flossie, but like towards the end, I could, you know, figure out how much, how many liters I really needed to get to the next water source. But anyways, long story short, totally underestimated how much water I was going to need to that water source. Got lost, left my backpack, made some really poor decisions. Left my backpack to go find water. Then I ended up having to go back and get my backpack. I ended up hiking like 24 miles just to get to mile like 15 <laughs> on the trail. So extremely dehydrated that entire day. I mean, I was borderline panic. I almost had a panic attack like eight miles in because I realized, well, shit, like I'm, I am eight miles into this. Nobody's going to come get me. Like if something goes wrong, nope. I haven't seen, I haven't seen anybody in like four hours and <clears throat> it's super hot. I can't swallow raisins because my mouth is so dry. Like this isn't going well. And so, yeah, didn't even put up a tent that first night. I just lay down on the, in the dirt. Well, I think I put a little tarp thing down, but I just was dead, <laughs> dead to the world that first day. And then because my body was dehydrated, I think my ligaments tightened up. Obviously 
everything else was super sore just from that first day exertion. I was carrying way too much weight. I mean, you know how much extra stuff I had in my bag. This was <laughs> you knew me post my first purge. I'm talking I had a full thing of peanut butter. I had like two sausage like giant ass sausage things. I was carrying so much stuff that I threw away <laughs> after that first two days. Anyways, IT band got really tight, started to pull on my knee, didn't really feel it until I started walking into Mount Laguna. And I realized, I mean, I couldn't take a step. I was probably going half a mile an hour, probably less than that. And every step was excruciating. So I get to Mount Laguna, decide I'm going to take a day off, do some IT band stretches, try to recover a little bit, ice my knee, ice my leg. And I think I saw you and Flossie maybe day two, but my custom, you know, my daily custom at that point was wake up, eat whatever little breakfast I had, and then just make the sad like hour long walk. And it was probably like, it took you an hour. It was probably like less than a half, half a mile. It was like 0.3, if I recall correctly from the uh, store where we met you there to the campground where, Dude, where you were staying. Me, it would take me like a morning to get there. And I just hobble up there. Just wanted to talk to people. I smile like outside of the <laughs> of the station and just yep see everybody like stopping in for the day all cheerful and they're passing through and I'm just like this is this is awful so anyways it was I was there for three days I think I man saw you and Flossie day two and I had a campsite already paid for so I figured if y'all were staying the night you could just stay with me. Yeah, that was really nice of you because we, we rolled up to the store and there's a few other people there. And, and yeah, like you said, you were just sitting there ch- chilling, icing your knee. We grabbed our like resupply package and we're kind of chatting to a few people. And then I think we were sitting there for a while. We didn't really talk to you too much. But then eventually I think you overheard us like talking about what we were going to do for like camping or something. And then that's when you offered to let us stay at your site. You said it was already paid for and everything. And I was just like, oh, man, that's so nice. And so we were like, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll just do that, I guess. Um, and then it's kind of funny because like we went we went back to the campsite. You know, we all kind of hung out a little bit, but we didn't really like I mean, we did. We chatted quite a bit. We know, you know, did the introductions and all that. But like there wasn't I don't know. We didn't get like that. Close. There was this shining light moment where we were like, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I wouldn't have assumed that we'd end up hiking most of the trail together at that point. And then Flossie and I left the next morning and you stayed, like you said. And then it was what another like, I remember where it was that we saw you guys again. It was, um, uh, uh, what was that river? What was that freaking r- dry river called? Yeah, there was. Oh, shit. Well, there was like a little peel off where you could go to that little ranger station off the river. Mission that Creek. Called? That's what it was. It was Mission Creek. Oh, the the one where you you get lost. Everyone got lost. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that was, I think, maybe like a week or two later. Um and you caught back up to us. And I remember Flossie and I were like, damn, like, that's crazy. Like, he caught up to us. Like, we were all pretty, pretty pumped on it. And, like, you were doing a lot better. Um, and I remember when we were chilling in Mount Laguna, that first day we met each other, we had kind of talked a little bit since, you know, we were talking about your injury and stuff. We had also talked a little bit about my foot injury. Um, those of you that watch the videos might remember that whole ordeal at the very beginning in videos one and two, I think. But um, I was dealing with a foot thing at the very beginning of the trail. And we had talked about that a little bit. And then 
when you finally cut up to us, however long later it was, it was just like, oh, like, how's your knee? And you were like, you know, it's getting like so much better. And then you were like, how's my foot? And I was like, it's getting so much better. And like, we were just, we were just stoked on life, dude. <laughs> we were just stoked on life. Um, oh, man. And then I can't remember when we still didn't like properly start hiking together, but we were kind of like leapfrogging for like the next little bit after that before eventually you settled for hiking with us instead of the other people that you were with because you couldn't keep up with them. But um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. <laughs> I mean, it's partly true. How did it feel when you were like sitting there for those three days and just specifically, how did it feel watching other hikers come and go? Because you must have seen a lot of people roll through there on those three days and you're so not even far into the trail yet. Like that would just be a huge <laughs> ego blow for me. That I, Dude, I know that for a fact. Tell me about it. I mean, I was on the phone with my parents and friends, anybody that would talk to me. I mean, I think partly the reason I talked to y'all is because I was just like, hey, be my friend. I need a friend. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it was just that. It was it was the worst. I was like, is this really going to be the story of, of my PCT adventure? I get out here three days into it, have like one kind of colossal mess up first day, and then I'm just going to have to come back home with my tail between my legs after I like threw this out there to like my social media world and to my friends and family. And, and to yourself too. Oh yeah. And to, my, and to myself. I mean, my, my mentality, you know, this from the get go is I'm just going to do this. I have really no expectations and I'm going to see how, how things shake out. And you know, if this is how it goes, like it's part of the adventure and we'll see what happens. But yeah, no, I, I was afraid that it wasn't going to get better and that I was going to have to either, I'd made it up in my mind and I was going to hike 500 miles regardless. So like I was going to, even if it was suffering every day and it never got better, I was going to at least do that. But the real, the real bummer about it was, is that I couldn't keep up with anybody. So mm -hmm. it wasn't, it would have been lonely the entire time. So that's where I was like, man, this is going to wear on me. And it's already wearing on me. It's day, day three of being by myself, even with hanging out with people each night. Like this is not what I was expecting. Yeah. So I tried to take positives from it because once I left, I mean, it, it wasn't better. Um, it was another like four days before I, before miraculously it, it kind of got better. But, um, those, those four days were just torture. I mean, watching everybody and their mom pass me and <laughs> every step was painful. And I'm like, okay, like, you know what, this is making me get away from the mentality of I have to crush miles and I have to keep up with this agenda. I'm just going to enjoy nature and I'm going to like enjoy everything so much more, even though it hurts. And and then I got to like day two of that and I was like, this fucking sucks. Like yeah. I'm yelling out loud. I'm throwing things. I didn't have trekking poles. I had a, a staff. I was whacking bushes. It was, <laughs> it was, a, it was, it was embarrassing. I, I respect, I respect the shit out of you for continuing to go though, because as you probably know now, like that happens to a lot of people. A lot of people start through hikes of any trail and they go too hard at the beginning or they have something like that happen where they just overexert themselves and they hurt themselves and then they go home. That happens to so many people. Like you said at the beginning, that is like one of the first things that everybody warns you not to do, right? And so the fact that you stuck it out is I, – I just respect that a lot because – a lot of people don't, and I'm not hating on anybody who that's happened to. That happened to me on my very first through hike attempt too, way back when. Um, but like, 
most people don't keep going and you did even after taking that many days off. Um, I think that's, I think that's awesome. And I think that when you caught up to us, which you, you, you're saying that it took a while for you to get better, which it obviously did, but like you still caught up to us pretty quick. Like, I think you should give yourself a little bit more credit there. Like you, you, you might've had a few tough days leaving town, but like you were still going at a pretty good clip. Um, and like, I don't know. I just respect that. I, I think that's awesome that you just pushed through it. And I don't know, especially so early on, you know, cause if you're like a couple of weeks in and you get injured, I think at that point you've kind of established yourself and it's a little bit easier to, you know, justify taking a few days off and then keep going. But like on day two or three or whatever it was, <laughs> you had to take three zeros. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's Not quitting ideal. time for most people. I think honestly. Not ideal. Well, that's, that's why I mean, I say, Anybody who's like, man, I could never do that. I'm like, you could absolutely, anybody can do the PCT. You just have to not stop. (laughs) Yeah. You have to be a little bit stubborn for sure. You just have to keep going, even though it's, it's going to suck at some point. You're going to get hurt at some point. Um, but yeah, no, I was, I was glad that the first, the first two really what kind of turned the page was I met Hair Bear and, um, we use trail names here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Brandon just watched my video where I was talking about how much I hate trail names. <laughs> yes. I was only going to call you Narnar this entire time, but you I figured that. Freaking asshole. <laughs> yeah, Hair Bear and uh, 60 Cent. I met those two at the in a watering hole. And at this point, I was like, like these guys are in shape. They're crushing miles. I like, oh, had a nice chat with them at the watering hole, but I'll never talk to them again because that was just every single person that passed me. And then I rolled out my leg on a, uh, a down log and there's, there wasn't many of those, you know, in like the high desert mm-hmm. in the beginning. So <clears throat> it was the first real opportunity to do that. Although I could have used my hands. I don't, I don't know if whatever happened or for whatever reason, rolling it out on the log was like a miraculous change. And I was, I mean, like my knee unseized, I was able to hike freely for the first time in, you know, a week and cut or 60 cent never caught me and caught up to hair bear and, those guys ended up being some of my, my good friends, like at the beginning. And then, like you said, they, they started crushing bigger miles and then had to settle with, with old, uh, <laughs> Narnar and Flossie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how, how long was it into the trail? Cause I remember even by the time that we were like hiking together, like properly, I feel like you were still, you know, having some issues with, obviously you were still, you were ripping at that point, but like, it was still a thing. How long did it take before you really felt like the IT band thing was totally behind you? Um, man. just roughly, just roughly. Yeah, roughly. I, I mean, I think whenever, whenever we started, whatever was it called? Idlewild. I feel like that's, I don't, I think, I think Idlewild was a little bit before we started hiking together. Yeah, so maybe maybe around that. I mean, it's still it honestly would continue to kind of show up whenever I'd go downhill. Maybe for like a month after that. Yeah, but it but it became manageable. And like like I said, everybody has something that they're dealing with. That's you're just dealing with pain the entire time. But I mean, I learned how to stretch it out and how to how to loosen it. So that was the key. Yeah, and then you, <laughs> and then uh, you've you've messed up your. Your everything after that night hiking that Flossie and I talked about at the end of the last episode. Um, yeah, dude, that was we, 
I feel like we want to save that for the end for the dude. I don't know. It's it's a big part of okay. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it's a big part of the okay. how my entire trail experience contextualized, and that was a big night. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 talk about it then. We'll, we'll come All up right. with another story for the end. Um, and right. so, okay, just to rewind for a second. Those of you that listened to the last episode, you might recall at the end, Flossie and I told the first part of a story of how we flipped our sleeping schedules and started hiking at night. And, you know, we, Brandon, we left off the story after the very first, you know, overnight hike, which was probably, I feel like that that first night hike and then the last night hike, there was, we did it for what, four days total. Um, and like the first day and the last day were like the most dramatic probably, um, but yeah. I don't know. One thing I mentioned in that uh, in that story uh, in the last episode was that I felt like it was Quadzilla's idea to start it all. And so we were all chilling in Acton at like 11 p.m. And Quadzilla was like, I'm night hiking. I'm going to hike through the night to avoid this heat. And he's also just crazy because he's Quadzilla. Um, and then... <laughs> And then everyone slowly started to come around. And then I feel like, I feel like you were down like immediately. And honestly, I felt like <laughs> if you hadn't been down, then I probably wouldn't have been down and Plassey probably wouldn't have done it. But I feel like you kind of peer pressured us into it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if we, if we were going to start night hiking and we were going to try to do 30 plus miles, it was going to be with the guy named freaking Quadzilla. So it's true. My feeling was it was, it was the time to send. And in, in send we did. So we, like I said, we covered all the way up until we made it to the gas station in Green Valley, I think, um, in the last episode. So basically, long story short, we all started night hiking at like 11 p.m. At this point, we'd already done 18 miles that day. Um, and we started hiking at night. We hiked all the way up until about 9, 10 in the morning the next day. I don't remember exactly how many miles, but I want to say it was close to 40 miles that we did um, between you know, the time we woke up that morning yeah. and then, include the before the KOA until yeah. where we ended up at 10 that morning. That was yeah. about 42 miles. It was so funny, dude. I don't know why I didn't film this probably because I was delirious and exhausted and didn't know what anything was anymore. But like, so, so for everybody listening, Brandon and a number of other folks that were doing this, this night hike, they all made it to this gas station before Flossie and I did. Probably, I don't know, maybe like an hour or so. I forget what you guys told me, but like, you know, not terribly. Well, it's because you, y'all had told us you, y'all were done like for the, for the day that you weren't going to make it to the gas station because the gas station wasn't a super desirable. No, it place, sucked. Place to end, end, end up. I ate two, two <laughs> fucking uh, pints of ice cream. That's pretty much all I ate there. That's, they didn't have like a grill or any actual food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, so. We we got there a little bit after you guys, and we rolled up to the gas station, and there was literally just like six or seven hikers that had just done this night hike sprawled out. Like there wasn't even like a good place to sit or anything. There wasn't like a lawn to lay on. They were literally all just like huddled in the corner in the parking lot where the shade was, and you guys were all just like sprawled out. And like Flossie and I rolled up, and you guys, because like you said, we had told you guys that we weren't going to make it that far, and then we ended up rolling in a little bit later and you guys all just like looked up at us i think you were actually in the bathroom or something but everyone else yeah, looked up, looked up at us and they were just like 
you made it like they're so pumped for a second and then they all went right back to fucking being dead in the parking lot basically but it was so funny um and then maybe that was kind of the moment where you like started properly hiking with us because they all stayed at the gas station and we kind of chilled for a little bit got some food and then we went back to back to the trailhead basically and we kind of <laughs> we we tried i just thought of something funny we tried to go to sleep during the day and it <laughs> Dude, was, i know exactly where you're going I, with this. yeah i think you know it's about flossy <laughs> um we um so we at this point we've been up for well over 30 hours and we there's like this little field there and there's some shade but like it's the middle of the day and so the sun is moving throughout the day and so the shade kept moving and it was really really windy as well and so flossy and i tried to set up our tents I did manage to get mine set up. I got inside of it and immediately it was just baking hot. And I was like, this is a terrible idea. I'm just going to not use the tent. Like, this is stupid. And so I took it down. But Flossy, <laughs> do you remember Flossy trying to set up his tent? Dude, I will never, that's, I'll never forget that moment where <laughs> Flossy's trying to set up his tent on his own. We're all moving like slow motion because we're exhausted. And it's so windy. <laughs> the wind keeps blowing it, and he's got like barely any rocks to like use. He's in pine cones, and he's. You know, we're just like laying down on the ground at this point, and I can see you. And I'm like, Flossie's in between us, and there's probably 50 yards be- between you and I. And he's just at this point, he's just like, "Give me a fucking break, he was so <laughs> dude!" Pissed. And you and I are just looking at each other, laughing. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good. So we tried to get some sleep. I slept a little bit, but it wasn't great. And then we started hiking again, probably around 9 or 10 p.m. that night. And I think this was the night that you allegedly saw the mountain lion, right? I can't. I think it was. Yeah. I can't remember if it was that that night or the next one. It was one of those two nights. Those two nights honestly kind of blended together for me. It wasn't until the last night, like I said, that shit got crazy again. But um Tell that tell that story. What what happened? You're not you're not exactly sure to this day, right? Yeah, it was it was a cat. I mean, it was a definitely a cat thing. <laughs> but yeah, to to back up first, yeah, I think that is when the the time whenever we officially started hiking together. Because up until then, like rolling into that gas station, y'all, you and uh, Flossie decided to hang back, and it's like oh, I'll keep going with these people, and then they wanted to stay at the gas station. I don't know. It was a whole thing, but that's. When we when we three started off from that spot, that was like the beginning, the beginning until the end, which was cool. But bro, that was like the beginning of I broke myself on that first hike. I broke my feet. I mean, blisters everywhere, which caused me to to start hiking. As you know, like you subconsciously try to avoid the pain, and then you know other things pop up. That's when I started getting shin splints. Like this was just this was misery walking through the desert at night and feeling all that. Plus I couldn't keep up with you guys the majority of the time because of my feet. And anyways, yeah. So I saw, I was walking by myself because of my blisters and it was probably like three in the morning <clears throat> and I come, I get, we're like going through the, through the, the hilly mountainy area, I guess. I don't really know how to describe it, but super, super s- steep on either side of the trail and you kind of go into one of those um, ravines, or I guess, like, yeah. where you can you can basically at the trail. If you're walking, you look across to the right, you can see where the trail is, and you have to go in like a little U shape. So it's like a little crease. I don't know the right word, but I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, 
Yeah. And like in those areas, that's usually where bigger trees are growing. And the moon was out. I wasn't really thinking much. I was just walking. And all of a sudden I get to that little creased area and there's some big, big trees. And like, right. I mean, five yards to the left of me, I hear something. I didn't have headphones in or anything. Hear something large panic and start moving fast. Rocks get sprayed everywhere. Rocks start falling down in the trail. And then like, I can see something climb up the tree. And then I just hear, hear something climbing like further up the tree. So my initial thought was, Kind of sounded like multiple animals, probably a black bear, maybe some cubs, which obviously scared the crap out of me. So I froze and then took a couple steps back. And then I was like, all right, I'm not just going to stand here forever. So I took a couple, a few steps forward. And then I hear like this growling hissing, like deep growl hiss. And that's how I know it was a cat. And immediately I started thinking mountain lion. Who knows? It could have been a bobcat. It could have been a, um, well, it was probably one of those two things, but. Um, tried not to panic, went about <laughs> 50 yards back up the trail and just sat there and thought through my options. Cause y'all were ahead. Like if, if I didn't catch y'all, y'all are probably gonna keep cruising. Like behind me, water wasn't for another like 10 miles or something. Mm-hmm. So the only options were to go forward. So I tried to build up the courage, tried to go back under the tree. And as soon as I stepped anywhere near it, I hear the hissing again. And then I was like, all right, I'm just gonna have to be Cause I was, I was so scared. Like yeah. that was one of the scariest moments on trail. Um, and I felt, you know, when you, you ever been in one, that moment where you feel like the decisions that I make in the next, you know, 60 seconds could have a significant effect on my life. Yeah. <laughs> it, was one of, it was one of those moments and maybe that's dramatic, but in any case, I was like, right, I'm just going to act as confident as I can start singing to this mountain lion and just not stop. And so started singing and I don't know what it was, but just loud enough to where it knew I was coming. So I wouldn't scare it again. And then I looked up, I had to, I couldn't, I could not. And I saw like eyes looking down at me or looking up from the tree down from the tree. Mm-hmm. And then I hobbled down the trail, got to where I was out of sight of the tree and then just took off. <laughs> started running. Didn't feel blisters the rest of the night. Yeah. I remember yeah. when you caught up to us, like, I don't know, maybe like an hour later or whatever, like you were, I could definitely tell that like you were, you were a little bit on edge after that. Um, like that was, that was pretty insane. Yeah. That's not what you want to hear at like three in the morning when your friend catches up to you and he's like, yeah, dude, I'm pretty sure I just saw a mountain lion in the middle of the night, pitch black in the freaking remote ass (laughs) desert in California. Um, dude, there's so many good stories from these couple days of night hiking. Like they're all just coming back to me now. Um, and so the rest of that, that night hike, I always want to say the rest of that day, but like it was a night, the rest of that night, um, nothing too significant happened. And then that morning at probably like eight in the morning, we finally rolled into this campsite that we were planning on staying at. And this campsite didn't have any water that was close by, but you know, we were looking at gut hook or far out rather. And it said that there was a water source that was like a little bit off the trail. And so we're like, you know, you take what you can get in the desert. And so we're like, okay, and so yeah, you got separated from us at, at this point, the sun's up and shit, obviously um, you got separated from us. And as I recall, Flossie and I, we had to walk like on a dirt road for like close to a half mile. It felt like, and then there was like a tiny herd path that wasn't marked or anything. It was marked by some, a tiny rock carn and that was it. And it was like not very well worn. And you had to walk off this dirt road, maybe like a couple hundred yards um, uphill to 
I don't even know what what are these things called? Do you remember? Dude, I. Uh, how do I, I describe know. this? It's like a little it's stupid. It is fucking stupid. I wish I could just show <laughs> the picture to everybody. Um, but like, anyways, it's like this overhang. There's like a little roof, and then there was like, oh, I can't even describe this. Like underneath the roof, there was like a a hole, basically, like a. <laughs> I can't, see. I can't even like a slanted hole. <laughs> and at the bottom of the slanted hole, there was water. But, like, you couldn't just dip your bottle in. And so we get to this thing. It's so far off trail. We've been hiking all night. We're exhausted. And we're, we're all just like, fuck, man. Um, and you, to get this water, there was a, a stick with, a like, a gallon <laughs> jug attached to it. And you had to, like, throw the jug into the water, like, down the hole. And then, like, fish the water out, like, with this stick. <laughs> It was so, it was such a pain in the ass. And I was just like, this is, of course, this is what happens. Like on this one time that we're all just so exhausted and we just want water so we can go to sleep and like do our thing. I was like, of course we end up going this far off the trail and dealing with this convoluted situation just to get water. Um, That's, <laughs> it's like one of those moments where you, it's no longer like you, you can't even be annoyed or like know, pissed it, off. It's, it's just, just so like, funny. you just have to laugh because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. We're fishing for water and like, I'm not even sure that cannot be the design. Like, is that what other options are there? Like, I've thought about it since then. What were we supposed to do if there wasn't the the stick and the gallon? Jet? You would have been like, screwed. Like, you would have been screwed. There was no water anywhere near this this place. No, no, there wasn't. Um, but we got it. And then we made our way back to camp. We we slept at this campsite, which was like a like remote car campsite like on some dirt roads and so there's a, a couple other like car campers there um flossy and i found some shaded spots so we actually were able to set up our tents you just cowboy camped and there was <laughs> this is funny too i forgot about this there was a family there that had like some dirt bikes and so like there's this little kid like ripping around this the camp <laughs> little freaking curious kid who just had no personal boundaries riding and, right next to me and so so brandon i guess you had what like moved around to a couple of different spots throughout the day kind of chasing the shade as the sun was moving right yeah that's it and so when i finally woke up at probably like 6 p.m or something i like peered out of my tent and i just see brandon laying in the middle of the road <laughs> and off in the distance a little bit behind him is just this kid like ripping around on the dirt bike <laughs> i was just like man this is just this is great um and then let's see god that was a marathon those those four days we're only halfway marathon. through right now right Cause, <clears throat> yeah because we hiked because then so day slash night three we hiked you know, I don't remember anything from this night, honestly, anything significant until the morning when we rolled into Hiker Town. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I remember, oh, I remember listening to the entire Amberlin, Amberlin soundtrack. This was when the shin splint started to really pick up for me to where I was, where I was falling behind y'all most of the time. And so I remember listening to Amberlin, the sun coming up and thinking, I don't know, it was just one of those moments where it was a gut check time just vibe into the music, but also in sheer, sheer agony trying to catch you guys and then getting to hiker town. Oh and my God. <laughs> just such a freaking joke of an experience. But also <laughs> at that point, like we were just accustomed to r ridiculousness. And yeah, I mean, it was cool to see a lot of 
a lot of other hikers because it's a magnet for people. But yeah, dude, getting hitched to, to wherever we went that morning was was awful. Okay, so so can you explain for those that don't know like what Hiker Town is? Because it's not like a normal PCT like resupply town. It's a very it's, unique. It's, yeah, it's basically like a, a it's a private enterprise and people set up like where they don't. I think they set it up to where they're not paying taxes for owning like a hotel because it's like well, less it's not, than it's a, not hotel. a hotel. That's it's well, not yeah, even it, close. But, but like they're they're like catering to people. They're giving accommodation, but they do it in such a way to where they're not, you know, it's, rated it's, as as a place for yeah. accommodation. So it's like off of donations quote, but like you have right. to leave a donation. Right. So we're basically you show up there. There's really nowhere else to go, and you're kind of at the whims of these people and it's it's like a imagine going to a carnival or an amusement park there being no rides and just the creepy stuff left behind and you're going to sleep in those creepy things <laughs> and that's that's your accommodation yeah and not to mention it's also i mean we're talking about the desert here and so it's just in the middle of this like really flat plain there's no trees anywhere in sight it's super windy um everywhere like it's just and honestly, I hate to say it, but it was kind of dumpy there. Like, it was kind of trashy. Um, not, like, hiker trashy, but, like, actually, like, just kind of run down and not... The the hikers there were great, but, like, the overall vibe, I didn't really care for there. But there's not really anything else there, and it's right on the trail, and so a lot of people end up staying here. Um, and a lot of people end up shipping resupply boxes here, which is something that we should have done, but... Did you, did you ship one there? No. Wow, okay. You shipped a lot of boxes too, so that's surprising. But none of us shipped boxes there, I guess, which we should have done. But there was a couple like gas station slash like little stores that were a few miles down the road. And I had read some comments on Far Out before we got here saying that the hitch was kind of difficult to these gas stations. And we got to the road as the sun was coming up. So this is probably what, like six in the morning or something. And it's a pretty well-traveled road. Like there's a lot, there's like two lanes on each side. Like there's a lot of cars coming by. So I was like, we're going to be able to get a hitch. Like, what are these comments talking about? Like, this is, this is going to be easy. And so we're standing there. It's pretty damn cold. It's super windy. And the sun is just blaring in our face as it rises. And we're trying to get a hitch to this gas station. And, it was just not happening. The comments were right. Like we had a hell of a time getting a hitch. And I remember one of the funniest moments It's probably not going to be funny when I tell it, but one of the funniest <laughs> moments for me is I just have this mental image stuck in my brain of us, all three of us standing on the side of the road, trying to hitchhike as like the sun is coming up. And I like turned around and the wind is blaring in our faces. And I turned around and I just see Brandon <laughs> Because like when you hitchhike, you want to like look presentable. You want to smile. You don't. You don't want to look threatening. And I, I just see Brandon. I turn around and he's just like trying to smile. He's just got his thumb out, but like it's so bright and it's so windy that his face is just like all like squinted up. And he just, it's just, it was just so. It was. It looks so pathetic, honestly. And I was just like, this just perfectly encapsulates the situation that we're in right now. Um, and then eventually we did get a ride to the gas station it took a while but we did get a ride and we did our things and then we were trying to get a ride back we were not having any luck until brandon came up with a stroke of genius what did you do to get us back from that gas station i forgot about that i just asked i just asked for a ride from the guy here was in the gas station 
like the employee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he and he gave us a ride back. We tossed him a few bucks. Um, and it was funny because we were all standing there trying to hitch, and then you just kind of walked off. And I think you might have said something to Flossie, but I didn't know what you were doing. So I asked Flossie, I was like, where's he going? And he was like, oh, he's going to go ask the guy that just like cooked us breakfast like, for a ride. And I was like, I made some condescending remark. I was like, that's, what is he, an idiot? Like, that's not going to work. He's, he's, at, <laughs> he's at work right now. Why would he give us a ride? And then like three minutes later, you came back out and he's like, and you're like, yeah, he's going to go grab his truck. <laughs> he's going to bring <laughs> us back. And I was like, what? I felt like that was a, yeah, that was an ego check for me. Um, and then we got back. We slept at Hiker Town. And then this, this, uh, this last night of hiking, for those of you that aren't familiar with the PCT, Hiker Town, if you're going northbound, that is, is where the LA Aqueduct section of the trail starts. And this section of the trail is very, very infamous. Um, the Mojave Desert, is that also like what people call it sometimes? Or am I thinking of something yeah. else? No, that's it. Okay. And so this section of the trail is very infamous because it's just very flat and dry. And it's like one of like, if not the hottest sections of the trail. And so a lot of people hike this section at night. Um, we just happened to time it so that we were already on the night hiking thing when we rolled in there. And so naturally, like, of course we were going to continue that to get through this section that most people night hike anyways. And it was about 40 miles from hiker town to the town of Tehachapi. And Brandon, you might be able to help me on this. When we left hiker town, it was probably about 8 PM. For some reason, I feel like originally we weren't planning on going all the way to Tehachapi in one shot. But then as we were leaving, because I remember Flossie went off to like take a piss or something and you and I were talking as we were standing next to the actual aqueduct, like just a half mile or two after we left Hikertown. And for some reason, I remember us having a conversation about like, for some reason, actually, we have to just do this all in one shot. Do you remember that? Um, or the reasoning behind it? I can't remember why originally I didn't think that this would be the plan and then we changed it last minute, but I don't know. No, I don't remember. I don't but, remember changing the plan. I don't remember either. But anyways, we we started hiking the aqueduct section at night. And the first couple miles were pretty fun. <laughs> we were playing that game, like Guess the Song or whatever on your on yep. Spotify. Yep. And all was well. But then after a couple miles, again, the, the, we're in the middle of the Mojave Desert. There's no trees anywhere. Um, the wind... God. it picked up and like this is something that before i did the pct or most of it um if someone had complained about wind i would have been like like whatever like it's just wind like get over it like it's, it's not that big a deal no this this wind was insane dude i felt like i was losing my mind like <laughs> constant wind it was actually pretty damn cold which i thought was ironic given we were hiking the, what is supposed to be the hottest section of the trail Yep, and then we were freezing cold, but like, dude, oh my god, was this was the wind driving you as crazy on that section as it was for me? Oh yeah, like... man, so demoralizing. Because I mean, it, it was enough to where it was your bag was like a sail, so you, you could get <laughs> you could get blown over. I mean, there's a couple times where I, if I didn't have trekking poles, I would have I would have been on the ground, and especially that section, there was a lot of sandy spots, so you're kind of crawling through sands. You're oh, yeah. wind in your face a lot of the time. You, we couldn't even talk to each other because it was just no. so loud. Like you can't listen to music. You can't. It's just noise, constant 
noise and dust and sand in your face and oh, man. oh yeah geez i forgot about that too man it was so bad dude it was so bad and i remember do you remember when we stopped for like <laughs> call it lunch but it was like four four or five in the morning um just for like a break i guess a food break in the middle of the night and we like huddled up like underneath like a couple trees that like finally we found some trees yeah. like do you remember joshua that trees joshua trees to the rescue yeah, yeah. we're cold we're miserable we're eating cheetos and that was it <laughs> and, and we still had at that point we still had like over 20 miles left at this point like i said we'd been hiking since 8 p.m and it was probably like four in the morning i'd say and oh, we still what had a, we were only about halfway <laughs> dude that was literally like one of the lowest points of the entire trail for me i just remember sitting there in the pitch black huddled underneath these trees just wind everywhere around us and just being like we still have 20 might have been more it might have been like 25 or something miles left before we get to town and i was just like oh <laughs> my while god while we were sitting there we were out of the wind like the joshua trees do a pretty good job of, yeah of like a block in the wind so it was like somewhat a more bearable situation but you knew that if you're going to keep going not only did you have to hike 20 more miles and you already had whatever 18 or 20 under our belt like you're gonna have to go out in that wind again mm-hmm. and it was cold there's no no signs of either of those things letting up it was just like and it was a, it was a low point <laughs> and we knew that the last or maybe not the very last but like i think maybe like another 10 miles ahead of us or something or five six miles ahead of us we had to start a five thousand foot climb and this whole day had been pretty flat up to this point, which was like the one saving grace. But we had a big old climb right in front of us. And like, I knew that the sun was going to come up soon and like it was going to get hot again. And we'd be going up this climb after, you know, hiking all nights, hiking all these miles. And yeah, it was, it was rough. And so we kept going. And as the sun came up, the wind finally started dying down. We were kind of climbing at this point. And I remember we got to a water source. And our plan was that we were going to stop, get some water, hike like for another maybe like 10 miles or something, and then take a break and just like crash for a few hours and then roll like the last 10 miles. I don't think my math adds up there, but just hike the last bit into Tehachapi at that point. And we, we got to this water source, Flossie and I got there first. And then a few minutes later you rolled in and you looked at me and you were just like, yeah, I can't hike anymore. Like, I, my, I can't walk anymore. Like, my feet are fucked. Like, I need to stop here. And I could tell you were a little bit defeated. And <coughs> Yeah, man. And, that was, that was, because we hadn't really, like, we had been hiking for, like, whatever, three or four days now. But we weren't, like, we hadn't coalesced. We weren't a unit. Like, we we're, like, tried and true. We we're going to stick together. Like, yeah. under, you, under you and Flossie, like, we're going to. We're gonna do y'all's thing so i i felt like i needed to keep up with y'all because i liked y'all and it was a matter of could i physically do it so it kind of pushed me i think to keep going maybe in times that i wouldn't have but that moment that's when chin splints because i was you know trying to avoid my blisters where it just became such a thing that i i was back to walking so freaking slow i couldn't keep up with y'all and i was like i'm just gonna have to this might be the end of Kyle hates hiking and Brandon hiking, <laughs> hiking with hiking with them, and I thought I wouldn't see y'all again, to be honest. But no, yeah. but do you remember what I told you when we stopped there? I don't. I don't remember. I told I you because you had said something about how like like you're not going to be able to keep up with us or something, and I was like, 
well, no, like we're going to take a break too. We're just going to go a little bit further. So you'll catch up to us. That's what I told you. Uh, and yeah. that's what happened. Like Flossie and I kept hiking for another few hours and I was, oh, dude, I was destroyed by the time we stopped. Um, and we crashed for a few hours. And then I think right as we were kind of waking up, it was probably like one or two in the afternoon at this point. Um, you, you walked by and I was just like, yo, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I was not, I was not expecting to see y'all again. I told you we would. And then we made our way into Tehachapi and we zeroed and all was well, but that was, those four days were honestly probably the hardest mentally, at least, and probably physically, hardest hiking I'd ever done because we did basically two 40 mile days at the start and the end and then we did you know everything at night and so our sleep schedules were fucked I wasn't eating enough um, because like my my food just wasn't appetizing you know a norpas aside at you know freaking right after you woke up isn't appetizing and then it's not appetizing at eight in the morning either um, when I would normally eat or you know for dinner after we're done hiking or whatever so like it was (laughs) It was insane, um, but we did it. I I can't believe we did that, honestly. That was probably the craziest shit on the whole hike for me. Yeah, that w- <laughs> those were some moments where after that, I'm, I, I mean, what what couldn't we do? Or at least I know, that was right? the mentality. It's like we, we just went through so much stuff to get here, and like we can do anything at this point. And especially after I talked to you at that creek, and I thought that I wasn't going to see y'all again. That was probably the low. Well, there's a, there's a couple different lows, but that was a huge, <laughs> huge low because, I mean, just, you know, with blisters, anybody's had blisters, like just even light steps, just getting out of your sleeping bag now becomes like a, a painful chore. And like blisters were flaring up, the shin splints. I didn't think that even if I rested it, you know, I'd only get five miles before it would start acting up again. And I thought I was going to be on my own once again, but... <clears throat> we did it and then the sierras were not too far away from there yeah and, yeah man. and we did it <laughs> that was that was insane um can we t- let's talk a little bit about like we're just gonna skip all the way towards the end of the trail um around the time that Flossie was starting to you know in his words from the last episode break down that was yeah. definitely one of the most difficult things for me on the trail, just trying to like, m- for the lack of a better word, manage that. And just like, I don't know, it had a pretty big impact on the hike because like I wanted him to feel better. I also felt like, um, I also felt like he probably needed to go home. And I remember we had a lot of convert or not a lot, but you know, a number of conversations about what we should do when Flossie wasn't around us. And in the last episode, Flossie briefly mentioned that he kind of felt like he had like the devil on one shoulder and then like an angel on the other shoulder, I think is how he put it. Because which, like, he, which he was, one was I? <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, that, I think that's a little dramatic of a way to put it. But basically, in the last episode, he said that you were really encouraging him to keep going. And I was not... Again, I wasn't like telling him, telling him that I like wanted him to go home or that he should go home, but I was more open to him going home. Um, I don't know, like that was that was tricky to deal with, man. I think that had a pretty big impact on on 
both of our hikes because it's such a tough decision. Like on one hand, he had gone so far, and I think this is probably where you were coming from. Like, I guess, yeah. Like, where were you coming from when you were kind of encouraging him to like tough it out? Well, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Physically, I knew he could do it. Yes, and so that's why I'm like, man, you've come this far, and like we've all had. There's different types. There's different types of challenges. Like, like I said, everybody goes through low points and pain on these kind of treks, and it's just about managing managing it and getting through it. And sometimes you need people to kind of push you a little bit. And if I if I really thought that he was in danger, physically in danger, which I think he believed he was, which was which was the hard part. Yeah. Um, I, if I really thought that, then. I would maybe giving him different advice, but I, my feeling was, man, he, he could have done it. And I still, I still believe that if, if Canada hadn't shut down, like if we, we would, we couldn't get into Canada, but if the the fires didn't pick up like they did, I think he would have pushed through because there was that reward at the end. And I, and I, I just really didn't want him to walk away from all of this time. I mean, effort, money, and, and then feel like he had more to give and feel like he had given up. And, mm-hmm. So I, I respect him for what he did and for owning up to what he was feeling to, cause y'all kind of, it's a little different for y'all cause y'all, you know, have a following and there's, there's some of that going on. And yeah, it was, it was not easy because I know for you, you're a lot, you're a lot closer to him. Um, at that point I felt like we we're all pretty close, but yeah, yeah. Y'all known each other for a couple of years and it's like, it's, it takes enough energy just managing yourself you know, 20 plus miles in a day. But on top of that, trying to like, trying to pick your friend up like emotionally and build him up. And I mean, we, this is nothing against Flossie because we, we all need this at some point in our lives, but, um, that just took it out of us, I think. And I mean, like it, it kind of took some, I'm not, I'm not putting this on Flossie it is what it is, but let's be real. Like it took some of the joy away from the day to day hiking because, we're we're trying to trying to make sure he didn't leave and like trying to like make sure we're all having a good time and so it was just it was a tricky situation for sure yeah it was it it definitely was um and i think kind of where we differed a little bit and flossie talked about this like i said um is that i had just hiked with him so much before the pct that like i think i just had an easier time realizing that like something really really was off here and he just was not himself and like that i think that's why i was a little bit more open for lack of a better word not that it's my decision or anyone's decision but his obviously but like a little bit more open to him getting off the trail and i i definitely understand like you're you're part of it too because like he had gone so far dude he had put so much into this and you know we we didn't want him to make a decision that he would go on to regret, you know? And I think that's kind of where you were coming from. The easiest way to, to sum it up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was tough. It was tough. Um, having talked to him about it and stuff, especially in that last episode, I I don't think he regrets anything. Um, I think if anything, he said that he had wished he got off a little bit sooner, but I don't know. It is what it is. It was, it was tough watching like, a good friend of yours, like someone you're very close to go through that. And I felt kind of helpless to be honest. And in hindsight, 
I kind of wish that we had hiked with him a little bit more, like during the day and stuff. Like we would always camp together, but like, you know, that's the one thing that he mentioned that I think that would have made him feel a little bit better. At the same time, I think he also understands that like on a through hike like this, you can't just be going at somebody else's pace. You know, that kind of takes the enjoyment out of it for, for, uh, for you as well. So I don't know. It was, it was such a complicated, tough situation. Is there anything else relating to that, that you think people should know or that you want to add? Um, I mean, it's just, it's such a mental, it's such a mental struggle to go and the, doing a through hike, that kind of thing that I, I feel like that's just an underestimated part of, part of the deal. And like, there's so many different dynamics that go into play. Like you, you plan food to hike this many miles. So you feel the pressure of like yeah. constantly having to crush miles to get to a certain point. And then he doesn't want to slow us down, but like, we're not going to leave him behind. And it's also tough to like be hiking with somebody who's frankly miserable. Like, like, again, I'm not, it's nothing against flossy, but like, it's right. Right. It kind of takes some of the joy away from, from what you're doing. And at the end of the day, we're out there to have a good, you know, we're out there to accomplish a goal, but also to enjoy it. So mm. there's just a lot of, a lot of dynamics to play. And ultimately, like, like you said, man, I, you knew him a lot better than I did, but I had seen how fun and goofy and joyful, like he is just mm-hmm. as a person. And like, that was not him, like the last month and maybe more than that. And so that was tough. That was tough to see, but. I'm proud of him for pushing how far as far as he did. Yeah, man. He because he he, I said this in the last episode, but like he he pushed through for a long time after these problems started. He did not just get off the trail abruptly. Like he really, really pushed through a lot. Um, it was it was crazy. Uh, with that said, I I want to talk about kind of what ended up happening to us at the end. We, because uh, for those of you that didn't watch the videos or maybe you need a refresher, Flossie ended up leaving at Snoqualmie Pass and then Brandon and I were intending on hiking as far as we could after that. And we went another 70-ish miles and then we ended up leaving kind of abruptly. And I, I, think, I think this story needs to be told. And so... Let's start off with um, <laughs> with Stevens Pass. So Brandon and I, we leave Flossie behind, or we didn't leave Flossie behind. You know, he, Flossie left. Um, we hiked for three days, three hard days. Do you remember how hard that freaking section of the trail yeah, was? No, Flossie picked his his exit timing perfectly because that was like, I mean, some of the hardest hiking we'd done, and since the be- like the early days. Yeah, of the man, trail. it was brutal. I I mentioned that in the last episode as well, but um. We got to, to Stevens Pass, and that's where the town of Levens, Leavenworth or Levensworth, uh, Washington is. And one thing that's kind of funny, a little side note here. Well, actually, it's it's related to the story of why we got off, so or partially. Before Flossie left, he had been in contact with Brandon's parents, and Brandon's parents were planning on coming up and surprising us. Basically. Well, not us, so surprising Brandon, and then, you know, we would take a zero with them and all this stuff. And Flossie was kind of the one coordinating that with Brandon's parents. And then when he left, he told me 
he was like, yo, he had mentioned it to, to me like once or twice, but he hadn't really told me any of the details. I didn't even know if it was still happening because it had been a little bit since he last mentioned it. And he was like, yo, like, here's Brandon's mom's cell phone number. Uh, you have to take this over now. And I was like, okay. Love, love hearing that. And so we, um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so we, uh, we did coordinate it. So as we rolled into Levensworth, as we got to Stevens Pass, Brandon's parents were there waiting and they picked us up. They brought us into town. They got an amazing Airbnb for all of us. Like it was, we took a zero. It was so awesome. And as we're driving after our zero, as we're driving back to the trail, we start seeing smoke. And do you remember like kind of what was, what that was like on that ride up? I feel like I don't know something just for me anyway something just didn't feel feel right on that ride up yeah it was I mean, it was ominous for sure yeah it, it felt was. like obviously foreshadowing of things to come but at that at that point I still felt like I still felt like we were gonna we were gonna, we had more to give and we obviously did but I felt like we were gonna be taken off <laughs> and yeah I don't know I'm not I'm not trying to skip ahead but I wasn't expecting to come home with my tail between my legs with my parents yeah that was not how I anticipated leaving the PCT I know but. and so we're driving up to Stevens Pass and it's like getting smoky and obviously at this point we knew the border was closed I think that's an important context to give we knew the border was closed like you know even before we got to Levin, Levensworth and so we knew we weren't going to be able to make it all the way to the border but we didn't know how far we were going to go right and so we had been hearing stories about how some hikers got to Stahican and then got off because the fires were getting bad. So, but the trail was still open a little bit further past Stahican, which was about 90 miles from Stevens Pass, if I recall correctly. Um, and so our original plan was we were going to go to Stahican and ideally go further. But like I, at this point, it just felt like to me the end wasn't clear, right? Like we knew we weren't going to make it all the way to Canada, but we didn't know where we were going to get off because we were getting all these conflicting reports from hikers, all these different smoke reports, seeing pictures like Stahican looked bad. Like it looked like a war zone um, with the smoke and it was just it didn't look good. And as we're driving up to Stevens Pass, we start seeing way more smoke than I thought we were going to see just where we were there. You know, there wasn't any smoke when we got off trail, just a you know, a day earlier or whatever. And we get up there, we get out of the car, we say bye to your parents. And I remember I even like uncollapsed my trekking poles. I even took out my camera and I was like about to introduce the next video. And that's when that employee at the ski resort there came up to us. Do you remember what she said? No. Was this when we were inside or when we were outside? When we were outside. We were about to cross the road. Remember, there was like a bridge over the road or some shit. And then we because we were we were literally like about to start hiking. Um, and this employee came up to us and she told us, she was like, hey, did you guys hear about like the new fire that started this morning? <laughs> and then we were like, ah, shit. <laughs> and then we were we were just chilling at the ski resort trying to get some more information after this. And there was a bunch of other hikers there. They didn't know what to do. Some of them were thinking about going home. Um, They were just trying to get more information, just like we were. We were calling the PCTA. We were calling the Forest Service. And the trail didn't close, but this new fire, it was so unpredictable. Um, There was a lot of smoke there. We didn't know what was... We just... There was the... Because on the drive up there, we saw signs that said... 
oh, highway, yeah, oh, yeah. Interstate two is closed. So we knew that we couldn't, that there was obviously a fire that crossed the road or they shut the interstate down, um, west of us. We didn't know how far west of us. And so there was a fire that was east of where, of the trail, but then there was this new fire that morning that closed down highway two and then eventually, or interstate two and then eventually closed down Stevens Pass, I think. I don't know about the trail itself, but. That's kind of, we were driving up. My parents were like, how the hell are we going to get to Seattle? And we were like, well, which way is the wind going? Is if it's going, you know, coming out of the West, then this could quickly come across the, or jump the trail. And so we were trying to get as, as much information as we could. And then we decided to, to go to the, um, you know, to the North where we would have started on the trail and see if we could catch any Southbounders and hear from them. Yeah. And we just kept a few people coming off saying that they had to turn around like a day, a day's hike ahead because, you know, there was, there's fires. It seemed like there's fires everywhere. And it was was, really hard to get accurate information. Plus we knew we couldn't, the fire had grown, was going south from Canada. So more trail had been closed. And like I said, there was already the fire near Leavenworth, which wasn't too close to the trail, but was causing some smoke. And then this new fire that was closing the, the road down and then it was just a lot it was just unnecessarily confusing yeah. and yeah. and and i think it's i i think what probably ultimately pushed us over the edge is the fact that your parents were there and they were driving to the airport the next morning anyways um and so i think if they weren't there we probably would have kept going right because even if we didn't know where the end was going to be even if we were only going to go for a few more days, which at that point we really didn't have that much left anyways, that we were going to be able to hike probably only like another week max, maybe even less. Um, Yeah. It was just Tahikin, right? That was as far as we were thinking about going. Yeah. Like I said, we hadn't really, we had talked about it a little bit and like we knew a lot of people that had gotten off at Tahikin, which is where our next resupply was going to be. And so we knew that like our days were numbered out there anyways. We knew that we weren't going to be able to finish. And the fact that we were right there, there's another new fire this morning. The highway is closed. Literally the closure started at Stevens pass. So like we were up as far as we could go. Um, And like the fact that it was super smoky, the fact that we saw a lot of hikers turning around the trail never closed where we were, by the way, just to be clear. Um, but like like I said, it was bad enough that some people were turning around. Some people were some people did hike through it. We we know that for a fact. Um, so like it could have been done, but it was like, man, is it is it really even worth it at this point? If we're not going to be able to finish, anyways, we don't even know where we're gonna get off the trail at. We know it's just gonna be a few days north of here. We don't know how we're getting back to the airport. And right now we have a ride directly to the airport with your parents sitting there in the parking lot waiting for us to make a decision. And so, I don't know, it was, we thought about it for probably about an hour and eventually you looked at me and you were like, yeah, man, I think, I think this is it. And I, I kind of felt that way too. And so when I heard you say, I was like, yeah, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, and this is kind of going back to, um, Flossie's deal. Like I, he made the point, which was to me so valid that like, Number one, like if you can contextualize this entire adventure is just like one big adventure. It's not just about, I know y'all have the goal of getting to the end, but like just take it as it comes and just enjoy the adventure. Like if you're going to hike that part of the trail, let's, let's do it when it's not, when you're not like in mental anguish. And also like there's not fires everywhere and smoke everywhere. And like 
come back and enjoy it. And so, especially given we weren't going to make it all the way anyways, you know? Yeah. So that, that, that's really what started to, to gnaw at me. I'm like, you know what? This is supposed to be like such a beautiful section. I keep hearing that from people, but we can't really see <laughs> and yeah. if we're, we're going to be like struggling breathing as we're hiking up there. Cause you know, I know you're not one to really to latch on to any like fear mongering from, from people up trail. Uh, that's not really our style. And it was going to take a lot to get us off. But at that point it was like, you know what, we can come back and do this. I feel like we've had, we've had the ride. Like it's been a great adventure thus far. And I don't know that those, all those thoughts swirling, but it was all like, we felt like we had to make a decision pretty quickly because my parents were there. That was obviously a factor, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't regret it looking back on it. How do you feel about that? No, no, I don't. I mean, I, there was a point even earlier than that where I was like, you know what? I think I'm, I think I'm adventured out. Like I, this has been, <laughs> this has been really amazing. And I think I've gotten what I, anything or everything that I needed from this trail and from this experience. And now it's just anything else is just a cherry on top kind of thing. So I just, I, I hated the idea, you know, this is an ego thing, but of like coming back with my parents. I love the idea of me coming back from this adventure, showing up at home and I don't know, just like riding <laughs> back into town and I'd be like, Oh, he's back from this grand adventure. <laughs> like a long lost prodigal son. And it was more like, yeah, mom and dad, like, can you, can you help me get back? Cause there's <laughs> fires and I'm scared. And that's kind of how it felt, man. I don't know. Oh man. Yeah, it is what it is. It was, yeah, it was, it was tough, but it happened. And I don't know, man. Um, I'm still like so grateful for everything that happened out there. And just cause the mm-hmm. ending wasn't the best doesn't mean that obviously it wasn't, I, I learned so much, dude. I learned so much on the PCT about, about, you know, hiking in different kinds of conditions, certainly, but also just like about through hiking and okay. So we just had a little technical difficulties there, but we're back on now and we're going to start to wrap this episode up. This entire episode was just storytelling. And I feel like I probably didn't let Brandon talk as much as I normally do with guests. And so for this last one, I want him to tell the story. This is a fun one to kind of take a step back from some of the heavy stuff we were talking about the last few minutes here. Um, Brandon, what happened? Uh, what happened when we were climbing up Forester Pass in the Sierra? <laughs> well, <clears throat> first of all, we we got separated. We got separated a couple times on trail to where y'all were kind of doing y'all's thing, and I would either catch up or or whatever. And so we had left Kennedy Meadows. At different times, y'all left early that morning. I had to get a bear canister because apparently that's a thing, and <laughs> <laughs> and it took me till the afternoon to, to get going. And so, anyways, y'all, how it worked out is y'all did. We all did Mount Whitney, but you did Mount Whitney, I think, in the morning. And I was, I don't remember exactly. You might have to help me fill in the details, but sure. yeah. At this point, I I did Mount Whitney that afternoon slept just off of Mount Whitney and knew that if I was going to catch all, I'd have to do a certain amount of miles. Um, and I don't remember any of the names of, of these places, but leading up to Forrester Pass, we were probably, you know, 10 miles or something from that. I don't really remember, but in any case, I, I had hiked where I thought y'all would be 
but I didn't see all. And when I came into camp, this was the morning before Forrester Pass or the night before Forrester Pass. And I thought that maybe, maybe y'all were still, you were still ahead of me or, or whatever. So I, I don't know. In any case, that night I slept by myself and I was like, all right, I'm going to get up early because I'm trying to catch these guys. And I, and I, and I get up and I'm doing my thing and super early in the morning, which is not usually my, my strong suit. And I'm climbing up Forest to Pass, which by the way, was one of the more beautiful, beautiful times on trail. Cause there was like walking up there. It was like a giant cathedral. You're just surrounded by cliffs and it's beautiful and it was pristine and cold. And I think I found out later that y'all were in camps literally just like right next to me. And I just didn't yeah. know. And I, and I happened to leave earlier than y'all. Yeah. But um, anyway. So, so you got ahead of us in that morning. So that morning I was ahead of y'all. Didn't know it, but I, so I was still trying to crush, crush miles and keep a good pace. But then, man, you just, you never know how the, <laughs> how the bowel movements are going to happen on trail. <laughs> and here I am like, Starting to starting to get it to the top of of the peak. We were and... within probably a third of a mile, like point three maybe, of Forester Pass, like the top of Forester Pass. So we were up there, like way up there, above treeline, way above treeline. When we when we met each other. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, this yeah, is yeah. why I need to shut up. Sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. And yeah, so we're 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 at the switchback portion of of a, a pass, and so. For those who are hiking, for those who are listening and hiking, they know that like there's not a lot of cover. It's just rocks and trail <laughs> and rocks. And that's when I realized I had to take a shit and it was coming whether I wanted it or not. And so I just kind of like veered off and I was like, you know what? I haven't seen anybody this entire morning. Like this is going to be no problem. Like just get my business done. Of course, you have to cover it with some giant rocks. I'll get creative with how I bury it. But in any case, get off trail as much as I can, which is just basically behind a giant boulder. And I'm sitting there doing my thing. And then lo and behold, of course, I see like two people like climbing up the, climbing up the pass. And I, at this point, I'd never seen collar flossy wear pants and hike. <laughs> it was so I was like, <laughs> I did not know it was y'all. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like here come these two guys. They're surely going to see me. And like, so I'm like playing it cool and trying to be as quiet and as like small as I can be behind this rock. And fortunately they don't see me. And then they, they get to a point where I can see this Kyle. And I'm like, <laughs> no freaking way. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to say anything. Cause this is awkward as hell. Like we're friends, but we're not like, we're not there yet to where <laughs> I would just let you like look at me while I'm taking a shit. And which by the way happened eventually <laughs> further down, further down the trail. Wait, it did? But, um, you don't remember whenever, uh, we happen to oh, choose the exact oh, same yeah, spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, and then like Kyle, like I don't know where the trail goes. So like whenever I pe- pull off the trail, I'm kind of guesstimating where I think I'll be safe from onlookers above me. And so I think I'm in a good spot. But of course, the trail switchbacks and goes right above where I'm like <laughs> where I'm squatting. And yeah, Kyle, you can probably pick up the story from there. Well, I didn't know that you were shitting. Cause you had, you were standing up and you, you were just like standing in this random spot. And I, and I was just excited to see you cause like we had been separated for a few days and we didn't know where each other were, like you said. And so when I saw you, I was just like, Oh fuck yeah. Like Brandon's here and we were chatting and that's when you told me, I don't, I can't remember actually if you told me then or if it was later that you were in the process of shitting, but if you hadn't told me that's what you were doing, I wouldn't have realized it. Oh yeah. 
I didn't. Do you mean I, thought, I didn't I see you. you I didn't you, like, see you squatting or anything like that. You had already stood okay. up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. Which is disgusting. Once I saw you were coming way. down. Once I saw that you were <laughs> coming back on the the switchback, I was like, all right, I I got to act like I'm just enjoying the view. And so yeah, maybe I told you after the fact. I don't really remember. You but. told us like that day, but I don't. I can't remember if you told me. Maybe you did tell me at the time. I don't remember. But <laughs> I'm a shy pooper. I don't know. I, I don't am too. Tell you. I don't want anybody <laughs> anybody looking at that. And then and then we. And then later on, I think it was in Washington at this point, there was that one time we just talked about where Brandon was ahead of me. And when I go off trail to take a shit, I leave my pack on the side of the trail to kind of like mark my territory. So people kind of know, but you would always take yours with you. And so I left my pack. I bushwhacked a little bit off the trail. And I think, I I forget, how did we actually see each other? (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean i saw you because obviously i'm just sitting there and, and it sounds like an elephant's going through the, <laughs> the forest whatever everything else is quiet and so you're coming down and i was like no freaking way like you're <laughs> like 40 <laughs> yards from each other and i was like hey man can i borrow some toilet paper and then you're uh, just like or i said something along those lines and you just like froze and yeah i didn't notice you yeah um i i didn't see you st- squatting once again but i don't know it was it was funny <laughs> like of all the places we chose the exact same one at the exact same time yeah. that's some there's some poop stories for you guys to end it off um brandon thank you for coming on dude i want to i want to get you on like there's so many stories like i want to get you on again sometime um and i, I appreciate you doing this first podcast yeah, man, of course yeah love to love to be back too cool 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 and um i don't know you want to have people go follow you do you care about that still <laughs> sure you can follow me i haven't posted since the trail but maybe i'll start posting again the daily life of dallas texas Ooh. follow for more for more exhilarating action in dallas what's your uh, what's your handle oh just my first name last name brandon sofer cool 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 and thank you so much for everybody listening we're getting back after it we'll be back next week and take care take care